Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24 deals with the conflict a Christian must deal with on a daily basis. In Christ, you are a new creation but you still know how to sin just as well as you always have. If you belong to Christ, you know the battle. You understand God's plan for the church and our unity in Christ as we've been studying it in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. You want to be equipped for every good work. You want to be mature in Christ. You want to be encouraging and helpful to fellow believers. But you also know There is an ongoing struggle between what you know and what you do as a Christian. You know how hard it is to consistently do it. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he teaches this passage on getting rid of the old man and putting on the new man in today's portion of this week's message entitled, UBC. Now, I don't know of any passage in the Bible that is better for a preacher to use if he wants to inflict spiritual bruises on God's sheep. Needless to say, don't be like this. We we, we should know better. But I'm going to leave the convicting work to the Holy Spirit. We're told that Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, He will convict concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. John chapter 16, verse 8. So instead of using this passage to pound on you and convince you how bad you really are at the core, I want to turn it upside down. By looking at you, B.C., before Christ, I pray you will learn to rejoice at what God has done for you in Christ. And remember, that's the the phrase that occurs 27 times in Ephesians. That's the theme of Ephesians is being in Christ. I want you to take this as a series of encouragements to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we've been called, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, as I said, a ninefold description. As you look at the passage uh, grammatically that I just read to you, the end of verse 17 through um, the end of verse 19, there are There are these nine key words or phrases that I think are the ninefold description. But number one and number nine are like the bookends. Um, Everybody was number one. Everybody was number nine. And all the things in between are are variations of how you mix things up. But uh, so grammatically, there's a bookend kind of a thing here. But um, you'll see what you'll see how it all fits together. We'll just take it as a list. So description number one of UBC. Futility of mind. Do not walk as Gentiles walk, verse 17, in the futility of their mind. The word that's translated futility means something that that doesn't yield results. It's like the, um, the, the tree that doesn't bear fruit. 
It's the, the, the faucet that doesn't produce water. It, it, does, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It's, well, it, it's futile to keep trying that. James chapter 1, verse 26 uses this same word to describe religion that is all talk and no action. And there, in James 1, you'll see it translated not futile, but worthless. And he's talking about the futility of mind. Remember on our trip to Romans chapter 1 last week, we talked about the noetic effects of the fall, the way that the fall into sin affects how people think so that they can be subject to such profound and deep deceptions to where um, a man thinks he's a woman or a woman thinks that, that, that she's a man. That's an ultimate deception. That's, that's, uh, that's insanity. But in the old man, we are corrupt enough that we can actually believe that. And, and, and act upon it. So the mind, the Greek word naos, is the faculty for recognizing spiritual truth and moral goodness. The walk in futility of mind is a walk in intellectual and moral, and I'm going to invent a word here, but I borrowed it from somebody, resultlessness. Just not producing what your mind is supposed to produce. It's given over to Wasting your thinking on things that are void of eternal value. I should point out to you that, uh, to be accurate, as I said, in the futility of your mind is like the heading that covers the other eight things to follow. When we get to verse 23, you will find out that God is at work to help you with renewing of your mind. Not futile, but renewed, alive again. Uh, maybe you're better acquainted with this verse that describes that, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That's the Greek word metamorpho, from which we get metamorphosis. A little ugly, slimy, crawly thing crawls in and spins around for a little while and then pops out as a butterfly. That's a total change. Well, that's the transformation. Do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So as you look at you, B.C., start by rejoicing that you no longer need to be stuck in futile thinking. God has given you His Word. His Word equips you for every good work, so you can be transformed by the renewing of how you think. Have you ever noticed that when you walk by the Spirit and you are making your mind dwell on good things, lovely things, excellent things, and, you, and you're thinking about how best that you can manifest the fruit of the Spirit, like listed in Galatians chapter 5, have you noticed that when you're doing that, things that used to be exciting to you now just leave you cold? You don't care about them? That's the, that's the victory over the futile mind, the difference between futility of mind and a renewed mind. How sad when a Christian chooses to remain in things like fear and anxiety and doubt when God's Word can actually change your thinking. The noetic effects of the fall can be undone by the noetic ministry of the Holy Spirit using the Word of God. 
Secondly, darkened in understanding. Verse 18, being darkened in their understanding. Darkened is a, a verb in the perfect tense that means uh, it, it's a done deal with continuing results. Before you were in Christ, the lights were off when it comes to spiritual things. It, it's blinding of the mind by sin. And the word understanding here, interestingly, it's the same word for mind that was in the previous phrase, but this one has a prefix on it that lends itself to the idea of comprehending things and acting upon them. The natural man, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, cannot uh, comprehend uh, spiritual truth. Uh, he, he's locked in darkness. But as you look back at you, B.C., rejoice that now you are in Christ. You have the ability to distinguish right from wrong, to see what's really important, to separate good from evil like never before. And even more important than that, not just separate right from wrong, but separate um, uh, right from a little bit wrong. You have the ability to discern things like never before. Number three, they were excluded from the life of God, verse 18. The word translated excluded means estranged or alienated. It means shut out from fellowship with God. I would say you were on the outside looking in, except that I know you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You weren't even looking in. But maybe God brought to you the example of seeing Christians and you could wonder, wow, what do they have that I don't? The other thing that's interesting about this word uh, excluded is that this one is in the middle voice, that reflexive voice, which means that unbelievers have done this to themselves. And it's another one of those verbs that implies a, a lasting results. Unbelievers are like walking dead people, spiritually dead, walking around in the physical world. They're excluded from the life of God. The life of God is that that life that God has in Himself, the life that He imparts to believers. It's another way of describing eternal life. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should have eternal life, even those that believe in His name. Ephesians 2, we, we saw that when we passed through it. Verses 1 through 5 says, You were formerly dead in your sins. Now you've been made alive in Christ. God has given us eternal life. So as you think about you, B.C., remember, you were formerly on the outside of eternal life, and now you possess it. And no one can take it away from you. And no one can pluck you out of the, the hands of God who holds you. You have the very life of God within you. Here's something else about you, B.C. Ignorance, verse 18, because of the ignorance that is in them. Now, this doesn't mean that um, people before they become Christians are stupid, and the day that you turn to Christ, you get a 30-point bump in your IQ. It, it, it doesn't mean that. It's talking about ignorance of spiritual things. This, is, this includes moral blindness. We have brilliant people in our world who are saying absolute moral idiocy. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.